Aloha, everybody, and welcome to another installment of the Pod Squad. Chad Blair with Honolulu Civil Beat. And today we are talking to the director of the communications office for the Hawaii State Senate, Richard Raposa, joins us. Hello, Richard. Hello, Chet. Richard's a friend of mine. We have coffee from time to time. We talk politics. And today... We're going to talk about his second tour of duty back at the Senate. Richard was, uh, and he'll explain when he was there before, but uh, he uh, took some detours to some other jobs. He finds himself back at the uh, legislature. They started in January, was it December? Uh, right at the end of December, right before Christmas. Happy Christmas. So so I'm going to, first of all, say thank you for being here today. And what do we need to know about the Senate? What do you want to get across to the public for them to understand about how your chamber works? Well, one thing is... Um I think people don't pay close enough attention to the actual workings of it. Um, it actually is a bunch of really dedicated people doing hard work. It's, it's not the sometimes it looks a little sketchy, um, but I think if people pay close attention, they'll find that these are actually really dedicated people. I mean, they're not—they're not there for their own. They're certainly not there to get wealthy because it, it doesn't pay very well. No, um, it sure and, doesn't. And um, you know, they—they—they they tend to be. Uh, very dedicated. I mean, it's it's a. I, I like working with them. I, I respect all of them. And you were there prior. Uh, gosh, when was it? Was it who was, was Colleen Hanabusa Senate I, president? I started in two thousand and seven when when Colleen became president. Right. Um, I joined her staff and stayed with her in the Senate until she left in twenty ten. That's when she ran for Congress. Right. Then she went to Congress. I ended up working as a consultant for a year um, with various. Entities in town. Then went to work in her congressional office. Okay, here um, in town, here, not... in, right in Honolulu. We you know we traveled to D.C. occasionally, but I was principally here in Honolulu, um, which is really important for for a congressional office um, because the the majority of your your constituents are here, so that's where the news is made. There's also the time difference: five or six hours it can be difficult to reach somebody in D.C. Right. Although um, we did have a we had somebody in D.C. Um, in the office, Ashley Nagaoka. Um, However, Ashley's uh, with the Hawaii News Now. No, she's now back with Hawaii News Now. She yeah. had been with Hawaii News Now, came to work, went to work for Colleen, and then went back to Hawaii News Now. And I, and I loved working with her. She was great to work with. Um, but occasionally I would get calls in Honolulu at 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, for example, when Senator Inouye died, mm. um, got a call from National Press, 3.30 in the morning, Jeez. do you have a comment? And my comment was, it's 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so so we did, I mean, for between the two of us, we had to cover a day from about 3 o'clock in the morning till 10 o'clock at night. Oh, my gosh. Now, you're back at the Senate, and probably Sham Satsui would have been the president in the interim. Did, did I miss another before Ron Kochi came uh, on board? Senator Kim was president for a while. Briefly, Donna and, Kim. And then Senator Kochi. Um, so I actually worked... With with Shansutsui very briefly a couple of weeks before I left. Any differences um, you're noticing back in the saddle again? It's it's different now. Uh, it's a different kind of leadership. You know, Colleen is was a very very strong hands on leader. She really determined the direction of the Senate, and and Senator Kochi is not so much like that. He lets it take its own path, um, and so you, you we get a lot more influence from from the other senators. So I would guess especially committee chairs, uh, majority leader, policy leader have influence. Right. And and the major, uh, majority leader in particular, Senator English, um, has a lot more influence than, say, when, I, when Colleen was president, um, there were other um, majority leaders. Yeah. Kalani has often been the point of contact when I uh, call up, when I try and find out what's the agenda right. for the session going ahead to get official comment. And I get the sense that uh, Senate president prefers that, mm-hmm. having someone else be the the public face, if you will. And, and part of that has to do with, I think, their own um, ambition, so to speak. With Colleen, 
we knew going in that it was important to her and important to us that we begin to position her for the next office. And so um, establishing her as a leader, she had been a dissident at that point, so establishing her as a leader, as a strong voice, as a voice of reason, we put her out front a lot, although she also deferred to her chairs on, on subject matter questions. But it was important to us that we create, the, that we let the people know what she's really like. With Senator Kochi, he's more retiring. Yeah. He's more of a, um, you know, he, he doesn't want to be famous. He doesn't want to be the next <laughs> the next governor or congressman or, or U.S. senator. And or so at one point, lieutenant governor. Lieutenant Remember, governor. That yes. gig was open for a while. There. Right. And, and that's always, you know, that's always a, a, a concern that um, what happens if the lieutenant governor leaves. Yeah. It's a, as you know, it's a, a secession. Let's see. Um, if the LG leaves and next falls to the the... Senate president, Senate I think, president then, then House Speaker, Speaker, and then Attorney General. Yeah, and, and then, then I don't know. The, I think it's budget and finance. Yeah. I yeah, think they was, might have been, mm-hmm. you know, the next in line. The head librarian uh, or something becomes governor. <laughs> exactly. Um, let me ask you um, how would you describe the differences between the House and Senate, except for the obvious 25 members? Uh, in the Senate, only one a Republican. In the House, it's 51 members. What is it now? Six Republicans? Something like that. Something like that. Um, well, you know, the, the number makes a huge difference because it's easier to, to move things. It's easier to agree. Um, a caucus of 24 is pretty difficult to control. A caucus of, you know, whatever it is, 45 is, is almost impossible. The House also, because of the number of, of members they have, tend to do things. Their, their procedure is different. Um, they move things in, in blocks. Um, the Senate did adopt one of those things. We now do a lot more by consent. Right. Um, we don't do every bill individually. But the, the House does tend to move things. They, their procedure is a lot more efficient than mm-hmm. ours. Mm-hmm. Of course, I can tell you those four sessions in the House are always much longer, in no small part because of Gene Ward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everybody <laughs> wants to have something to say. Who's going to sound out on, mm-hmm. on every bill, but that's that he's very passionate. But um, it's also simply because they have so many more voices, mm-hmm. even though they're roughly considering about the same number of bills. Right. Uh, but, but they have a lot more, for some reason, a lot more people want to comment on it. Whereas in, in the Senate, and I did notice it in, in this session that's different from my past experiences, a lot fewer people are speaking just to speak. Unless they have something pointed to say about it, they, they tend not to speak. Yeah, and that's that's helpful unless they see someone in the gallery they want to impress or something right, like right, that. Yeah. You know, I want to read to you uh, some criticism from David Shapiro. He's been a frequent critic of the legislature, not just the legislature, I would add. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, and of course, he works for the Honolulu Star Advertiser. And I'm not singling him out, but just recently in a column, I'll just read two quotes from what he had to say right after session opened. Uh, the Hawaii legislature, and I'm quoting now, convened its 2019 session with festivities included music, speeches, and an above-ground emu. This year, they're dishing out the pork the old school way. Okay. That I think that is that is a turn of a phrase. I think he was working a long way to get to pork. <laughs> and of course, pork meaning money, money for capital improvement right. projects, handouts, yeah, exactly mm-hmm. like that. And then here's a little bit more pointed, and it's actually about the uh, opposite chamber. House Speaker Scott Psyche at the legislature's opening said this: "Quote: It is within our control to ensure that government funds are well spent and produce their intended results." End quote. And here's uh, David chiming in: "Unfortunately, it's not within their DNA." And I. I think his basic rub on the ledge has always been they're going to spend your money. They're going to be wasteful. I think for the longest time he was harping on uh, the salary increases, even though neither the House nor the Senate really has much to do with that. That's the Salary Commission, an independent agency. But how do the guys uh, and the men and women of of, uh, of your chamber, 
because you speak for the Senate, um, take this kind of criticism when they see it in our daily newspaper. By the way, we've had our share here at Civil V, too. Yes, I, I, I noticed We're going to get that. to that I've, in a moment. Uh, yeah. um, it, it's my job to stand between the media and angry senators. So um, I fight with you so they don't have to. Now, I, I will, I'll, I'll be honest. When it comes to somebody like, like Dave Shapiro, who is occasionally funny, um, I think a lot of what he does is for effect. I don't think it's particularly helpful. It's not... It's not constructive criticism. Right. It just, it makes people feel like it's a bunch of crooks in a square building. And by the way, I should say, and I don't want to just talk about somebody who writes for another paper, usually once a month he's he's doing sort of bullet list right. and little mm-hmm. humorous uh, items. Uh, but the other columns usually are quite serious yes. and where he does actually offer more constructive mm-hmm. criticism or certainly criticism, period. Um, do you think the Honolulu media in general really understand how the capital works? Do they give it the attention? Because I know you've been around a long time and you've seen people cutting back on their capital bureaus, how much time they're spending, more attention, oh, oh yeah, particularly with TV on, on traffic and weather and so forth. And, and I remember the days of the killer bees. Um, um, Bereka, Burris, and, and... Jerry uh, Burris. And uh, Boylan. Dan Boylan. And they were... Occasionally, I've been humbled to think that I'm the fourth bee, but those guys are so yeah, that, much You know, and, and I do... I consider... <laughs> now, I... I I'm not. I'm not giving you strokes here because you're my friend. But you are. You are now. I think considered the the number one political commentator um, in oh, town. Well, thank um, you. I, I think. I think. Um, Bereka. You know, he's still on the scene. He stepped back a little bit. He's not at the Capitol every day. Well, he's not. Um, and, but the the quality of political writing has really gone down. Hmm. I um, I'm really happy that Lee Cataluna has. She, it seems she like still she, nails it from time to time. Right, she, but she yeah. appreciates it more than she did in the past. I think she's she's learning more about the process. I really respect her writing. Um, I, I think that she has interesting, constructive things to say. Um, I like what you do. I like what what, you, what Civil Beat in general does. Well, thank I you. think occasionally you guys get it wrong. Well, um, when we do get it wrong, you do reach out to us and you tell us. I mean, I don't think you would let me know if you didn't want that record to be corrected. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and, and, of course, we can we can agree to disagree, mm-hmm. and I know we're going to talk about an issue here in a moment about yeah. that. Um, in fact, why don't I just bring it up now? I, uh, on uh, Friday, Blaze Lovell and I wrote a story, Ungut and Replaced. Mm-hmm. This was coming from Nancy Devlante. She's the president of the League of Women Voters of Honolulu. She's the plaintiff in that lawsuit challenging the gut and replace practice. And, and in a short very layman's terms, gutting and replace means taking all the contents out of a bill with very little notice and putting in a whole bunch of different stuff in there. Her basic complaint is that it violates the Constitution. It doesn't give enough public notice. Mm -hmm. And it's basically a disservice. But um, we wrote a story the other day mentioning Donovan De La Cruz uh, had taken three bills. And and we did explain why he changed that. He did say on the floor and so forth, although we couldn't get him on the phone. But you then called me and said, you know, that's not really gut and replace. Tell me what you mean by that. If you look at, uh, for example, Common Cause, when Common Cause talks about gut and replace there, if you look at their, you know, the, the, the uh, Rusty Scalpel Award, right. look at the, the 2018 winner of the Rusty Scalpel. That's a bill that had passed the Senate as a uh, community reentry program for prisoners. And it goes to the House and in public safety, um, Representative Takayama, who's my friend and who I respect a lot. Oh, you guys are like AIA, right? We're Pretty both much? in Pearl City. Pearl yeah, City. He, he okay. actually represents my family's. Uh, where my family lives. Um, so he took all of that and he made it into a bill for um, constructing safe safe rooms in uh, state buildings. Hmm. Completely different. Very different. But he did it in committee. Just He did not post, he didn't warn anybody. He just did it. So it pops out of committee, completely different. Now, in that case, I consider that a gut and replace. Although you're perfectly supportive of that process. It, 
I am, I'm supportive of the process because often it is necessary, which is a different question. Um, but in, in terms of what Senator uh, Delacruz did the other day, he gave notice, he, he gave his reasons, he posted the proposed uh, amendment 24 hours in advance. Well, it actually, it was just an hour short, yeah, 20, by the way. 23 and a half hours. <laughs> you know, it was, um, but, you know, he gave, close. <laughs> he, gave, he gave a lot of notice, and yeah. he received both written and oral testimony that was that was relevant and pointed. And so there that was came a, in after the posting right, of the change. And, and so there was a full hearing on it. Okay. Um, and then it crossed over. So, yeah. I mean, that was, it was a big amendment. Right. Um, to it, really wholesale changes to those Yeah, three basically bills. they, were, they yeah. became different bills. Correct. But there, it, there was a way, there was an opportunity for it to be heard. So it was a lot like a single referral bill. I see. Okay. Um, so okay. in that case, you know, like you said, we can agree to disagree. Now, in terms of gut and replace in general, the reason for the practice is, and you see it in, in these bills that Senator Delacruz amended, um, the period to introduce bills is very short. It, basically, it's two weeks in the beginning of the session. If anything comes up after that, any issue that arises after that that needs to be legislated, and that could be any kind of appropriation or change in a program, needs to be done through gut and replace. That's the only choice they have. You can't use short-form bills? Because I know that there's a series of those that are introduced often just as emergency purposes. Right. In yeah. this case, um, because they had to cross it, so it had to be a bill that had already been heard, um, that was in its final hearing. In other words, it had gone through the hoops. Right, and it jumped through the hoops, and okay. so it was ready to. It could they could have the one hearing and and, and cross it. Once you get to crossover, now you're you're forced to gut. And replace. Yeah, I see. And you know there have been important things done with gut and replace. Last year, the funding for. Uh, 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 the flood relief. This is Oahu and Kauai, and Kauai. record rains. Right. Got in replaced. Right. Um, in fact, Sylvia Luke, uh, who helped engineer that mm-hmm. in the House uh, Finance Committee, actually said she thought that the lawsuit from uh, Common Cause and the Hawaii League of Women Voters um, was actually going to be based on that bill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in fact, it was another bill. Mm-hmm. And we won't go into the details on that one. But her point was, and your point, I think, is emergencies arise. You can see how from the public standpoint, it's like, Boy, you guys are going to do whatever you want, and, and, and maybe sometimes you're going to push through a bill that makes it seem like we just want to get this legislation through no matter what, and we're going to ram it through. And you know what? Sometimes it does look like that. Okay. All right. Fair and, enough. And, you know, I'll, uh, there are better and worse examples of gut and replace. Yeah, I mean, there no, are times when gut yeah. and replace is, is like the only way to do it. It's great. And, and sometimes it's like I think you guys have misclassified. But, I, you know, I'll agree that sometimes it looks... A little sketchy. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, we have to wrap up here, but you can just see anybody listening now. You can see why Richard and I, when we get together, we just talk and talk and talk. But I did want to bring up one of your uh, stints before you came back to the legislature. Uh, you were with the Hawaii Emergency Management Agency, and you were there famously on January the 31st of last year, uh, the false missile alert. Tell me, what was that experience like? <laughs> that was um, – now, I got to say that Vern Miyagi hired me, and I love Vern. He's, yeah. he's a wonderful, wonderful man. Lost and, his job. And, and I, had, I had just started in November. And he said, don't worry, things are not that exciting around here. <laughs> and so, you know, first thing we, we did, the, we, we had a month of announcing the new, the new sirens. And then that's December, January, that thing goes off. And, and it was, um, I have never, I do a lot of crisis communications just because of where I end up. I have never done anything that intense. You know, I would, I even read your name in the New York Times. They, in their uh, inside section, in the front section, mm-hmm. there's a quote of the week. I, quote I made a quote day. of the day, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, Richard, is it the New York Times? But not necessarily where you want to be. What was that like? That must have just been overwhelming. It, it was kind of overwhelming. Um, one thing was I had just come back to work from the flu and I had no voice. Oh, my gosh. Um, 
And, but and, and you're a communications I'm guy. I'm a communications person, and I have, we're getting calls from Columbia to be on the radio. Now, I will say we got a lot of help. In fact, the, the governor's people, um, Sidney McMillan and Jody Leong, ended up taking the lead on it, and they're fabulous. They I are. I loved working with them. Yeah, and still working it a lot with the, the governor's administration, mm-hmm. the communications team, basically. Right. So, uh-huh. Boy, but uh, that must have been something else to be at the at the center. But you must have gotten over to Diamond Head, the crater, uh, very early that morning because it was mm-hmm. like at 8.15 or right, something. Right, and I live... Five minutes away. That's right. So yeah, okay. just drove down the hill and those, I was there. Okay. Any final point you wanted to share with us uh, about the Senate before we, we go here? Yeah, I invite people to, to come down and actually watch the, the session and, and pay more attention and, uh, and you know, read about it in Civil Beat. Thank you. And you can uh, listen and read Civil Beat at uh, civilbeat.org and follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Thanks, Richard Raposa, Director of Communications, Hawaii State Senate, and we're due for coffee. Yes, we are. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Chad Blair with Honolulu Civil Beat and the Pod Squad. Bye-bye. <laughs>